448 in your hymn books, 448. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, 448. Let's sing it out as we get started in our meeting this week, 448. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. My Savior's love for me, for me it was in the garden he prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful, Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for when with the ransomed in glory his face I at last shall see will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for how many of you glad you're saved tonight? Say amen. amen. Let's turn 348. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 348. Let's sing it out. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed. By the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Now we have the Marshall family here and they're going to be doing some singing for us tonight. But this is our chance to sing, amen? Now how many of you are singing the best that you can? Okay, three or four? Okay, let's see. It says, I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing, for I cannot be silent. All right, let's sing it out on that third verse. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing, for I cannot be silent. He still is a theme of my song. Redeemer. By the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. I know I shall see in his beauty the King in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the salvation that you give us. We thank you that you have accomplished all the work that we might only believe on your name and accept your gift. We ask you to be with each part of this service tonight. We ask you to bless the singing, Lord, the singing from the Marshall family, and Lord, most of all, the preaching of your word. We ask that you would be honored and glorified in all that is said and done. And Lord, when this service is over and an opportunity is given for us to make decisions that would change the way we live, we ask that not a one of us would withhold ourselves or our heart or our plans or our wishes or anything we are or have from your holy will. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated, and at this time we'll have the marshals come, and I'll get out of the way and give us our first little package of music. All right, so come on up. Let me live, blessed Lord, in the light of thy word. Let my life be a light on a hill. Leading souls now astray to this straight, narrow way. Help me do some good deed while I live. Let my life be a light shining out through the night. May Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me wisdom and power every day, every hour. Let me drink from the fountain above. Guide my footsteps aright through the dark stormy night. Give me peace, give me joy, give me let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the fold, spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me souls for my heart. Let my life be on fire. Shining out to the world as a guide. Help me rescue someone sinking now with no hope that in heaven we shall ever abide. Let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. I'm on this walkie-talkie, all right? Can you hear me all right? Um, how many have never met the family, the Marshall family? Anyone here is not? Okay. My wife is helping with the sound back there. That's Lee. And we have, uh, let's see, who is this? Oh, Jessica and uh, Joanna and Monica. And uh, this is Grady Rowe. He's from uh, Tennessee. And uh, he comes from a family of seven. His father is a retired Marine and just graduated from Crown College. 
and uh, he's looking for a, looking for looking for a place where God wants him to be. Uh, this song is about uh, leaving this world and going to be with the Lord, whether it be by rapture or by death. We're going to go if we're saved. Amen. It's entitled "I'll Be Gone." enjoyed that. Now, we just wanted to give you a little taste, all right? And uh, there's going to be more tonight and uh, tomorrow night and then all day Sunday. And so if you miss it, you missed it. Amen. And uh, we want you to be here and be encouraged. I'll tell you, good, godly music. Amen. And uh, I like that banjo picking. Uh, I like the music, and uh, it's got heart to it. Amen? Uh, and so you listen closely and, and just want to invite you out. Now, tomorrow night, after the service, uh, all of the teens and uh, undergraduates, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we're going to have a little pizza party, and Brother Marshall said he'd uh, uh, give a little sermon to the teens tomorrow night. Ladies, Saturday at 12 noon, we're going to have a luncheon. Men, you got to get up early. Uh, breakfast is at 8.30, all right? And uh, now the cooks are going to be here at 7 on Saturday. So, guys, uh, you'd better show up for all the food that's being prepared. Amen? And uh, if they're willing to come at 7 and fix it, you'd better show up at 8.30 and eat it. Amen? And uh, so we're looking forward to that. And then, of course, uh, Sunday uh, is our regular services, and we want you to be where you belong. Amen. 
And so uh, encourage you with that. And uh, if you wonder, uh, our church has a strange little tradition, especially for a Baptist church. Uh, we only take one offering a week. That's Sunday morning. And uh, if you want to put something special in for the marshals, you can do that. Uh, but we'll take our offering Sunday morning. We don't want anything else to clutter it up. We're going to sing one more hymn. Then we're going to turn it over to the marshals. You're going to give us three or four songs the next time. And then as soon as they're done singing, Dad's going to come up. Brother Marshall's going to come and preach to us. And so uh, let's take our hymn books and let's turn to 507. 507. I hope this song is your prayer tonight. Uh, I don't know about you, but I could use a little reviving, a little encouragement, and that's what the Lord wants to do. So we just got to let him have his way. Amen. 507. Sing it out with me. Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him within the narrow road? Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let him have his way with his power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. Would you have him make you free and follow at his call? Would you know the peace that comes by giving all? Would you have him save you so that you need never fall? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. On that last, would you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? Would you prove him true in providential test? Would you in his service labor always at your best? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. Was best for him to have his way with thee. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. All yours. All right. I'll have to have a conference with the young ladies because you're going to go ahead with the Long have you on the list? What? Okay. All right. We're on track. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything too hard for God? No. That's uh, the title of this song. He can do it. He's able to do it exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And uh, listen now as they sing this song. It's out of your hands, you've done all you can do. Giving God the problem, it's no longer up to you. You pray the prayer of faith, you're standing on God's truth. While you're waiting on the answer, He has a question for you. Is anything too hard for God? Who's got a problem beyond His power to solve? Are there situations He's not the master of? Is anything too hard for God? 
trust his word you'll see his plans are now unfolding performing perfectly it's clear how much he loves you look at all he's done for all your questions there's really only one is anything too hard for god who's got a problem beyond his power to solve are there situations he's not the master of is anything too hard for God. Other situations he's not the master of. Is anything too hard for Oftentimes I've tried to live my life according to my will. When darkness comes, it's difficult to rest and just be still. But Lord, you are my shepherd that guides me in the way. And I will learn this glorious truth. If I your will obey, you're all I need. You're the Lord of everything, all I need. This is why I humbly sing your strength is sustaining.
start again, Joe. From the manger where he lay, to the garden where he prayed, I'd often heard about this stranger, then I opened up my heart, and he came into my life. Now we're not strangers anymore, for he's my friend. He's my Lord, oh how I love him, he's my father, now we walk hand in hand, for we're not strangers anymore. I had heard about this man, who could even raise the dead, I heard he calmed the trouble. Okay, um, it's good to be with you tonight. Good to be back again in New York City. I'm going to ask the ladies uh, if they will sing the invitation, if that's all right, um, with the powers that be. And uh, have you turn to the book of Matthew in chapter 5, but we're going to... Uh, Have you stand, if you would. You've been seated a while. If you're too tired, okay. If it's hard for you to stand, we understand. <laughs> and um, I'm going to read this passage here from chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 1, uh, down to verse 12. We'll only deal with uh, a part of it. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing on your word tonight. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts, 
Lord, we thank you for your book, for the precious word that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that this word tonight might find lodging in our heart, that, Lord, it would meet the need of each heart as desires tonight of thee. We ask your blessing and we praise your name and thank you for your love and mercy to us. And we come to you in Christ's name, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. I just want to deal with verses 3, uh, three 4, 5, and 6 tonight. Uh, these have to do with, uh, with our heart. And uh, in verse 3, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, in the uh, book of Matthew, the word, uh, the phrase kingdom of heaven is uh, used over and over again. In fact, um, I may stand corrected, but uh, I believe it's the only place that the word, that phrase is used, kingdom of heaven. Also, the word kingdom of God is mentioned in Matthew and through uh, other parts of the Bible. Um, there are those, and I tend to agree with them, who make the distinction between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Um, Matthew is about the king. His book is about the king. And the Jews were looking for a, a, a savior, a messiah, a physical messiah, we understand, to come and reign on the earth and to deliver them from their problems and their enemies. And they had no uh, con concept, no idea, uh, really, of what was going to take place. Uh, Jesus uh, said in Luke 17, 21, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. In other words, uh, which direction is he coming from? But he said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. Also in Romans 14, 17, the Apostle Paul wrote these words, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So there he defines what the kingdom of God is and where the kingdom of God is. It's within us. And it's said that you cannot really apply anything else um, to that phrase when he says it's within you other than the fact that it's inside of individuals, not necessarily in a group, but inside of individuals. And individuals together, meeting together today, like we are tonight, the Holy Spirit dwells here in our midst because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And uh, it is, he said, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But uh, in our word here in verse um, 3 of chapter 5 of Matthew, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. I want to deal with that phrase, uh, poor in spirit. And uh, he says that a person who is poor in spirit is blessed. Uh, they are uh, well off. They're happy. They're uh, fortunate. Those who are poor in spirit. For a lost person, when you're poor in spirit and you recognize you're poor in spirit, you're in a good position. Because you're going, to st you're going to do something about it. Uh, eventually, let me just say this before I go on. Uh, eventually, the, the kingdom of God who dwells in us is, is going to be part, immersed with, uh, with the, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, because we're going to reign one day on this earth. Is that correct? And so, uh, if you're poor in spirit tonight, uh, you have a desire to know the Lord, to be near Him, you've got good things out there waiting for you. You've got good things now. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, pie in the sky by and by. It's not just a uh, uh, hamburger here and steak in heaven. It's steak here and steak in heaven. Um, the good things. Uh, they, of course, today... A lot of people say uh, uh, meat's not good for you, but I want to tell you something. A good steak does a lot for me. 
It does. And we had some good beef tonight. But uh, talking about being poor, we read in Revelation 3.17, here's some, it's to the church in Laodicea. And this is what the Lord said to them. He said in verse 17 of chapter 3 of Revelation, Because thou sayest I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Uh, a church can get to the place where they think they're rich. Uh, our nation really has been blessed greatly of God, and we consider ourselves pretty well off, and Sometimes churches get in that attitude where they feel that well, they've arrived. Everything's all right. We've got everything we need. And we've got all the resources we need. But uh, I'm afraid that uh, a number of them today don't realize that they're poor and blind and naked. And uh, they have need of ISAB to open their eyes. In 1 Samuel 2.8, here is uh, the praise of Hannah where he says, uh, where she says uh, about the Lord, he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill uh, to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. What the Lord does is take the the poor in spirit, the one who's destitute, the one who uh, knows that they're in a lost condition. And when they come to God, he takes them up out of the dunghill, so to speak, the dunghill of sin, and lifts them up and sets them up and causes them to ride on the pillars of the earth uh, to inherit the throne of glory, to dwell among princes. He gives us a great standing before Him when we're saved. And you look back at where you were before you got saved and look at the mess that you were in, the sin that you were in, how your life was wretched and poor. You come to God and He lifts you up and gives you riches. Has anybody experienced that tonight? I have. I read about um, a man who was a novelist and a wealthy aristocrat in Russia, Leo Tolstoy, who uh, got to thinking about how he could help the poor and eradicate the poor of Moscow, the poor and the homeless. And so he went down in the poor sections of, of the city and began to give out money to the poor. Said one man asked him for money to uh, ride on the train. He, had to, he wanted to go home. He lived in another city. But he said uh, he was greatly delusioned about, delusioned about his uh, desire to help the poor when he realized a few days later that the same man was still in town. He would gotten uh, money for him for something other than a ticket. I think somebody today may have done that in the city of Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> but what we do, we try to help them. Let me, uh, let me just read what he said about that. When he saw the homeless cannot be helped merely for by feeding and clothing a thousand people as one feeds and drives under shelter a thousand sheep. It said, at last he sadly concluded, of all the people I noted, I really helped none. I did not find any unfortunates, unfortunates who could have made, uh, could be made fortunate by a mere gift of money. When we think that we can really help people by just giving them money and giving them material goods, we're really, in many cases, we're not really helping them. I'm talking about lost people. What they need is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, help them with their physical needs, but also give them the gospel of Christ. 
It can be a tool to get them to respond to the gospel, to get them under the sound of the gospel. That's why we have uh, missions in the cities across our country. Uh, people who are destitute are taken care of in those missions, given food and clothing and so on. At the same time, they've been given the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many uh, people have been saved through that. The sec uh, next verse here, it has to do with the heart that moves heaven, and that's what I'm speaking about tonight, the heart that moves heaven, a heart that is poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's a number of ways that we can mourn and things we can mourn over. For instance, uh, uh, there was a man named uh, Spafford who was a successful Chicago lawyer and lost most of his wealth in a financial crisis of 1873. And he sent his wife and four daughters to France and their ship struck another ship. And of the 225 passengers aboard that ship, only 87 came out alive. When Mrs. Spafford got to the land, she sent a telegram to her husband saying, Saved alone, children all lost. What shall I do? Well, he immediately went to France to bring her home and uh, returned to Chicago. And in the depths of his bereavement, he wrote his only hymn, It is well with my soul. You've sung it here, have you not? When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He was mourning over the loss of his children. But God came through for him. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And in com God comforting him, he was able to comfort uh, many more people that have sung that song and listened to the words of it. Look in Zechariah, if you will, in chapter 12. Zechariah chapter 12 uh, in the Old Testament, of course. And uh, in that book of Zechariah chapter 12, some interesting uh, words here, beginning with verse 10. In verse 10, it's, it's, a, it's a prophecy here. Let's go back to verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of, and of supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And he shall and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. This is when Jesus reveals himself uh, to Israel, uh, who he really is. Uh, at that time, they're going to ask, what are those wounds in thy hands? And he's going to say, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. But we read on, it's in that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem. As the morning of Hadarimon in the valley of Midgadon. Midgadon. And verse 12, And the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart and their wives apart. When we mourn, God looks in on that. That touches the heart of God. When we mourn in the loss of a loved one or some financial reverse, God sees that. God cares about us. I'm talking about his children. He cares about them. Our losses and, and, and the things that we mourn about. But when a, a lost person or a saved person mourns about the sins that they've committed. 
that especially touches the heart of God. Especially. I think about David Brainerd, that missionary to the American Indians many years ago, told about how he had prayed, fasted and prayed and traveled and preached to uh, reach the Indians and they seemed so hard. He was seeing very little results. In fact, he was ready to just uh, tell the mission board that he wasn't going to take their support anymore because he didn't feel like he was effective. But he said, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to redouble my efforts in the next year. And then I think he had in mind that he was going to quit. And they said that they recorded the miles that he traveled on horseback, then the number of, of times or hours that he prayed and the message he, he preached, he actually redoubled his efforts. And he said at one time, I, I'm not sure exactly where it was, uh, whether it was here on Long Island or up uh, in New England, up on up in the New England states, but he said that he was preaching to this village of Indians and he said they started falling out on the ground he said, um, weeping and crying out to God for salvation, he said they were separated. Here was a, a family over here. Here was an a individual over here, maybe a couple people over here. And uh, all around him, he said, they were falling on the ground and weeping and crying out for salvation. You see, the Holy Ghost had come down and brought conviction on their hearts. And they were desirous of being saved. And uh, he said... I remember reading the words that he said in his diary. He wrote it down. He said, I was amazed. Now, I want to tell you something. I would be amazed if I could see that today. Those people were mourning about their sin. And uh, when, when, when we do that, uh, we're going to get comfort from God. We're going to get peace from God. Now, I want you to see in verse 5, he said, Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. <clears throat> the Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I am meek and lowly in heart. Meekness is very closely associated with humility. It's uh, not being boisterous about ourselves, it's like Moses was the meekest of all men. Uh, he was a, a very humble man. Uh, yet, at times, he was very bold in, uh, in the power of the Lord. Uh, I give you this tonight. It's from uh, Mongolian folklore. This little fable about a boastful frog. The frog saw these, it was in the fall of the year, and he saw these two geese getting ready to go south. So he said, one of them, he said, I wish that I could go south with you. I wish you'd take me. And they said, well, if you could figure out a way, we'll do that. And there were two geese. And so he got a, a long stick, a weed of some kind, uh, a strong weed, and he had them... Uh, one, uh, one uh, goose to get on one end of a stick and the other goose to get on the other end. And he uh, clamped that stick in his mouth between those two geese. And, uh, and they started out. And it was working. He was going south with them. And they flew over some men uh, down below. And uh, they looked up and saw that. And they said, That's his, that is a, a wonderful contraption. I wonder who figured that out. And the frog said, it was me. And with that, he opened his mouth and fell to his death below. And the moral of this is, when, you're, when, you're, when you have things going good, keep your mouth shut. Amen. Psalm 37, 11 says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. There it is again. Didn't he say in Matthew chapter 5? that uh, those that are meek shall inherit the earth. Psalm 149 says, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people, he will beautify the meek with salvation. 
It takes humility and meekness in this sense that you humble yourself before God in order to receive his salvation. Isaiah 29:19 says, The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. God is looking for hearts that are surrendered, hearts that mourn about their sin, people that are poor in spirit in this sense when they recognize their need for God. My wife uh, was trying to give out some tracts in a rest area today. And uh, she tried several times. People just turned them down. Uh, we feel like we're all right in this country. The average person just feels like everything's all right. Everybody's going to heaven. Have you noticed in the news when somebody dies, some uh, notorious person, when they die, they, they go right to heaven no matter how they live. Could be the most wicked person in the world, but they... Preach them right into heaven. You don't go to heaven without being born again, without being saved. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price. Listen to this. Now stay awake. And this is this, all right? We like to think, uh, blessed are the strong, the shrewd, those who stand up for their rights, those who refuse to be taken advantage of, those who always look out for, their, for slights, those who strike it rich and make, make it a success. We have a tendency to put high value on self-assertion. The natural standpoint is that a strong person is one who not only does what he wills, but also bends others to his will. The biblical concept of meekness, however, is different. Uh, to the Greeks, the word meekness was used to describe an animal which has been trained by its master. Wild and unruly animals are worthless to man, right? But when trained, they become meek. That is teachable and quiet. If we remember this background of the term, we will see that meekness is strength under the control of God and that gentleness is true power. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Back in Matthew chapter 5 again, in verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. What do you suppose they'll be filled with? Well, they'll be filled with the Spirit of God. In our dispensation, if you hunger and thirst after God, wouldn't this, wouldn't this apply to us today in the gospel age? If we hunger and thirst after righteousness... Where does righteousness come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit living in us, living through us, empowering us, guiding us, leading us along. Remember, uh, Paul spoke about those who are led of the Spirit. I'd like to read one more thing to, for you tonight because I cannot quote this exactly as it was written. I want you to get the impact of it. It's by uh, A.W. Tozer, uh, a preacher of years ago. And he's speaking about the times in which he lived then. He says, In the midst of this great coldness towards God, there are some, I rejoice to acknowledge, who will not be content with shallow logic. They will admit the force of the argument and then turn away with tears to hunt some lonely place and pray. Oh, God, show me thy glory. They want to taste, to touch with their hearts, to see with their inner eyes the wonder that is God. I want deliberately to encourage this mighty longing after God. The lack of it has brought us to our present low estate. The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is the result of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. 
Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us he waits so long, so very long, in vain. What would happen if, say, uh, we came into the house of God and instead of singing songs, we just had a message and then we sang songs? Wouldn't that shake people up? I think about, I think about a church, you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to sing about two songs. Those songs are going to be in between them. The pastor's going to get up and make announcements. Um, if the song has four verses, they're only going to sing three most of the time, unless it's a short song, unless the ver verses are very short. They're going to sing, they're, they'll only sing three. And, and then uh, the same thing every service. And we get in a ritual, we get in a, a coldness, and that's what uh, one of the things that Tozer is talking about here. We, we get complacent, and he said it's a, it's a deadly foe to all spiritual growth. God is a God of variety. He is. Look at you all here tonight. No two of you alike. And that's, unless it be twins, and then, uh, then there's, there's something, you know, that would be different, I'm sure. The mothers are able to tell them apart, identical twins. And just think about that. It's all over the world. And all the people I've met, the thousands of people that I've seen in my lifetime, they're almost always all different. Sometimes somebody looks like somebody else. You know, but I know I've told you about this. I'll tell you again about uh, Colonel Sanders, you know, our Kentucky Fried Chicken. We stopped in one of those places uh, over in Pennsylvania. He was still alive. And the Cadillac drove into the place, and in came this guy, you know, with uh, the goatee and the mustache and the Kentucky Colonel tie and all that flowing white hair and uh, went in the biz uh, in, into the Kentucky Fried Chicken place, whatever it is, <laughs> went in there and uh, actually I had already been in there and gotten some chicken and we it was a place outside where we could eat and so family was sit sitting around a table there and saw this guy go in there and my wife said, you better go get his uh, autograph. You'll be sorry if you don't. Well, you know what? I, I, I was afraid. I just afraid because I was afraid I'd be fooled. And so uh, after he was gone, I went in there and I asked the girl behind the counter. I said, was that the colonel? And uh, she said, no, it's just a fellow lives up the road here. He likes to dress up like that and come in here to fool people. He looked so much like him, but he wasn't really like him. Um, so many different people all over the world, amen? And yet, God has, uh, he has a supply of grace for everyone. For everyone. Listen to what uh, David said in Psalm 63, 1 and 2. Oh God... Thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. There his heart cry was that, that he could meet with God. His soul was thirsty. The Bible says that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Do you have a hunger and thirst for righteousness? Said in Psalm 42, 1 through 2, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? Isaiah 26, 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will earn righteousness. Do we have that cry for God? Do we have that desire for Him? Has God ever uh, woke you up in the night and your heart crying out to God? Bless my soul, fill me, or you're praying for somebody? 
Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. There's a story they tell in India about a young man who was seeking God and he went to this wise old sage for help. He said, how can I find God? And uh, this uh, old man took him down to the river and walked had, and led him out into the water till the water was up to their chins. And then all of a sudden this old man grabbed him by the neck and pushed him under the water and held him down there and held him down and uh, when he came up, you know, he was spitting water up into the heavens and flailing on his hands and uh, he said to that old man, he said, what does that have to do with finding God? And he led him back to the shore and he said, uh, how did you feel when you were down under the water like that? What did you desire more than anything else? He said, well, uh, uh, the thing that I desired was air. He said, well, when you get to the place where you want God just like you wanted air in that water, you'll find him. Amen. How are you tonight? How's your heart tonight? I'm going to ask the girls to come. Are you poor in spirit? Are you mourning? Are you humble? Are you thirsting after righteousness? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, our heads bowed and eyes are closed. How many tonight can raise your hand and by that you're testifying the fact that you know you're saved? You know Jesus has saved you. You can lift your hand up. Lift it up and hold it up. How many can do that? All right, thank you. That looks like just about everyone. Not quite everyone. Let me ask those of you who raise your hand. Do you know that God has filled you with His Spirit? Do you know that He has heard your cry, thirsting after righteousness and holiness? And God has heard you, or tonight you feel there's a lacking, there's a need there. I wish that you would pray for me. There's something troubling me, something bothering me. Would you pray for me? I raise my hand tonight. Would you remember me in prayer? All right, thank you. Several. Any tonight, you did not raise your hand that you knew you were saved. Would you let us pray for you tonight if you're not saved? You'd lift your hand and by that you're indicating that you want prayer. We're not coming back to bother you or anything like that. We'd just like to pray for you. Would you lift your hand? You're not sure you're saved? All right, thank you. Others tonight? Father in heaven, as we come to you tonight in Jesus' name, we pray for your people, several of them, Lord. And I know myself, God, that I desire to be close to you and I desire to be filled with your spirit, to be filled with your righteousness, Lord. And sometimes I feel so lacking, God. And I realize, Father, that you are the one that loves us and you're concerned about us you care about us and you want to be glorified in us and you see our desires and you see our thirst Lord I pray that we might continually desire to be close to you and to uh, be filled with your righteousness now Lord I pray for the one that raised your hand I pray God that about their soul I pray Father that you might meet the need that you would uh, give peace to that soul Lord that salvation might be uh, secure that they may know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're saved. Lord, I ask your blessing upon this invitation as the ladies sing. I pray that folks would come here forward to the altar. And Lord, uh, any that might uh, need help there in prayer, somebody beside uh, them to strengthen them or pray for them, I pray they'd indicate that, Lord, by an uplifted hand as they come. I pray in Jesus' name you bless. Have your will and your way. In Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Shall we stand to our feet?